Welcome to episode 108, 108. I am always so excited when I say that we're in our hundredth rounds of episodes. We must be doing something right here. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we're sitting with Amy Susie in just a little bit. She is one of my dear friends. We, You'll find out we how we bonded originally was because we were sort of disenchanted with the yoga world. So we talk a little bit about that. But then we also talk about the other beautiful things that we embrace in life and, and our paths that were similar that we, we have been journeying on these several years. So... I really love sitting with Amy. I hope you do too. We'll go with we'll go ahead and listen in just a moment. But first, couple things happening in Nomadland. Uh, we had some beautiful events this past month uh, with Samantha and Karina, who've been on this podcast before. Uh, they hosted our first gathering of the month. It was a really special experience, as well as a couple of the offerings that I had for our community program. Uh, yeah, I'm just having such a good time being able to connect with you all via Zoom while we still can't quite be in person just yet. And who knows how long we that will be when we can be in person again. But uh, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm loving that I can be talking to you in my pajama pants and moving around in my own personal home and and be able to connect with you all no matter where you are in the world. So I would love to see you if you haven't joined us yet. Please come on over. You can join over at nomadalwaysathome.com. You can sign up for the membership. You can just pop into one of the events and see what's happening there. And we also have my Who Are You Becoming a six-week course. So this is a course that you can do all on your own. It's six-week self-paced course over at Teachable. Uh, but then also, if you want to have a little bit more of a group experience and, and have me as your mentor, there's another component now where we do a six-week call series. So you can join us every week for calls and and sit together and look at what's happening in your life and reflect upon it. So I will be mentoring the group. We'll have a theme for each week. It'll be a rolling enrollment. So we'll get to meet lots of new people within the group. And I will be giving you some feedback on what some directions you can take in your life. What are some action plans? What are some new ways of seeing yourself if you haven't looked on a more expanded of awareness experience of yourself? So We'll dive into it. We'll play. We'll have a lot of fun. You can go over to nomadalwaysathome.com to find out more there. And now let's go ahead and sit with Amy. Okay. I'm here with my dear, dear friend, Amy Susie. Like Juicy, as she just literally told me a minute ago. <laughs> Hi, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, we have, um, I always like to start how we're connected, and we have been connected for a while now um, in so many different ways, and now our friendship has really, we've really come together in the past couple of years, but we go way back like eight years ago or something when you sent me your resume at the place that yeah. I that I um, was the director of yoga, and we never formally met there, but then we kind of crossed paths in the the community of yoga, and then we bonded That's because right. we did we wanted to leave the community of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> the 
my favorite bonding experience ever. Like my favorite development of, of a friendship was through this mutually shared disdain of yoga asana. <laughs> yeah. So let's, I guess, start there. Where are you? First of all, what's going on in your world and why do you disdain yoga? <laughs> Right, it's going to go out into the world like as a, I'm a hater of yoga. I know, right? <laughs> We're not haters. We're just moving beyond. Yes, yes. Going, <laughs> expanding. We're expanding, exactly. Um, well, I'm in Beacon, New York, which is how we met. Yeah. Um, I love that you always remind me of that, that there was this email exchange many years, a few years actually, before we actually met. So I love that. Yeah, because I, I knew that I would be moving up here and I was looking for work. Yeah. Um, to potentially teach. And I, yeah, I reached out to Phoebe, which was, you know, not, not ever knowing like what would transpire. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. Cause you, and that's the other thing that the, the other thread was that you were moving up from New York city. I lived in New York city and apparently we lived not that we were both on like upper, upper West side. You were a little further, but we were also in the, you know, performing community so let's, yeah, what's, can you share a little bit about your background and your path of where you are? Yeah, sure. I, um, well, I actually came to yoga. I was just telling someone this yesterday in an interview. I came to yoga because I moved to New York to be a performer, a musical theater performer. Mm-hmm. I was a musical theater um, major in college. I graduated with this kind of useless degree, let's say, where <laughs> it ended up feeling that way. That's not true. I've used it on so many levels, but um. we're the haters of everything in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's another another point for us. Um, but I moved to New York, you know, with lots of dreams and ambitions, as so many people have, and um, ran around and did the audition circuit and um, became an equity member and all, all of those things, and you know, did some off off and off 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 Broadway, <laughs> did a tour. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did lots of shows with friends. And then um, I just started to get burnt out on, you know, that, the grind of that. It was yeah. like being a hamster on a wheel, getting a little bit of, you know, nibbles, getting a job here. And then, you know, a year or whatever of a dry spell or dry stretch. And, um, and I was also working in restaurants and that was burning me out. And so um, that led me to yoga, burnout and, and kind of depression, just feeling like, mm-hmm my late 20s early 30s just feeling kind of aimless and like what am I really doing here like Mm -hmm. what's happening what do I need to be doing with my life um I didn't find a lot of meaning I didn't take a lot of meaning from working in restaurants it felt very soulless to me because it's such a transient profession and everybody is it's a means to an end for so many people I mean there are people that go into it for a living and and it's their career but for me it was always like got to get the money and get out because you know I want I really want to do this other thing so I grew tired of that, and um, and that led me to my first yoga teacher training in 2003, I think. Oh, I know, right? It's mm-hmm. crazy. Wow. Time. Yeah. Is that what you asked me? I'm like, I yeah. Just yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. You know, and we do. We, we were on these similar paths as performers same thing. And, and what I kept hearing, just you say is speaking of that. And also where we're going to go with yoga too, is the burnout. And so you felt this burnout in not only the waitressing, but also the performing and the auditioning. And so that led you to feeling somewhat aimless. And then you found your way 
to yoga as a practice, I'm assuming first, and then you thought, oh, this could be also a career path. And so yeah. what did that, that look like for you? Um, I always joke, I used to joke with people, I picked like these two money-making paths, you know, (laughs) performing arts. And then I decided like, I'll be a yoga teacher, I'll make money that way. Yeah, (laughs) Um, although, you know, that's changing. I am making a living at it now, but, um, anyway, yeah, that, um, that came about, as I said, I was burnt out, I was tired and it was more about like finding some purpose, finding some meaning in my life. And, um, and yeah, so I started as a student with integral yoga and then very quickly, I remember them advertising. I was always seeing their flyers for their teacher training program. And so very shortly after I started practicing, maybe only a couple of years of practice, I went, did their teacher training and, um, yeah. And I did, I didn't, I, I can consciously intentionally remember myself thinking, oh, I'm not going to be a teacher. I'm just going to take this training and deepen, like, you know, find a deeper understanding of what this all is. What is yoga? Mm. Um, Yeah. So I was one of those, you know, that all the teacher trainings advertise, like, do you just want to deepen your practice? I was a deepen your practice gal. (laughs) And then then this sort of transitioned on its own. It wasn't like really that, I wasn't really that ambitious about it for the first year. I was just trying to get my feet wet. And then I started Mm. to see like, oh no, I really love this. And I really love, you know, it, it actually to, to integrate what are the performing artist conversation that we were just having. It started, I started to see how it was integrating, like my love of being a performer, being in front of people, like all those skills came to bear. Um, and, and even improvisation, like I never was one of those teachers that wrote down a sequence, um, I would write down notes, but it was always just like who was in the room. I was always better at kind of creating on the spot, shall we say. Mm, Yeah. yeah. And I want to talk about creating in a little, or we both want to talk about creating in a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I completely understand that too. I I always talk in my teacher trainings. You might even even heard me how I said I was kicking and screaming, you know, every time I would gather something. First, it was Pilates for me. That was my PT for dance. And it was just, oh, okay, I'm going to do this to take care of myself. And then all of a sudden it turned into career. And then I didn't love it as much. You know, I sort of fell out of love with it because it was my career and I had to make money with it. And then yoga too. I studied with Elizabeth, who you know, my, you know, one of my teachers and um, she, I studied with her one-on-one for a year and she said, okay, time to go get your teacher training. And I was like, no, because <laughs> I knew I was not, I wasn't as naive as you like in, in that respect of, oh, I can't just deepen my practice. I knew that, okay, yeah. this is going to be all in. And I was <laughs> kicking and screaming and going, I don't want to do this, but I sort of had to do it. Uh, so we have that again, another similar path in that respect. Um, so you I remember were, that tell me that I was so naive yeah yeah <laughs> so naive to that yeah I just I was like oh shit I know that this is what's gonna happen <laughs> and I wanted to keep it for myself but I am grateful I don't have regrets I also say that in the teacher training too of you know I don't have regrets in that respect but you know when we and so you and I were teaching for about the same amount of time it sounds like um and in the city and both transitioning up into the Hudson Valley. And so when we really did get to meet, I guess it was like 
two, three years ago now. I haven't really paid attention to time in that respect, but um, we were both coming to a head of, okay, what are we doing now? So what did that look like on your side of it, of you've been teaching yoga for a while, you transitioned up to a different community, and then what was happening there? Um, what was happening and what has been happening for a long time was mm-hmm. me just constantly trying to make this a viable and sustainable way to earn a living. Mm-hmm. It was like, that was so in the forefront of, um, you know, as well as like serving people, obviously like the two for me were hand in hand, but there was just this constant striving to like, cause you know, you know, the whole game, like $25, $35, classes that pay $35 a week just don't cut it. Right. Um, so like three, four years ago, I just got so, well, probably longer than that. Five, six years ago, I started to just be like, it was just, it just became do or die time. It became like, okay, you're either going to do this for a living and like really figure out how to earn a viable living or do something else, you know, like just shit or get off the pot, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So that was sort of what fueled my, um, I don't know, my deeper, like my going even deeper in terms of like the business of yoga and entrepreneuring. Um, and also, so I started to shift into teaching more private clients and that actually is what, interestingly, I knew that I knew I had a point here. That actually is what, (laughs) (laughs) that's what inspired me and, um, and helped uh, bring me on this journey of like other forms of movement, Mm. um, expanding like we you and how you and I connected and have been talking um have been bonding over like you know somatic movement um Feldenkrais things like that because I started to go on my own journey a because I wanted more tools in my toolkit to work with private clients who were injured and you know yoga like just the basic yoga stuff didn't always fit the bill so I started really learning and I started it was such a revelation in my body like oh my body needs something so different I started taking specifically these Feldenkrais slash functional movement classes that I know I've told you about. And mm-hmm. they, they changed everything and, and made me see that like all movement is, you know, valid and good. And there are so many tools I can bring into this. Um, and that started to make the teaching, like whether I was teaching a group class or my private clients, it started to make it so much more fun. Um, you know, I started to finally like emerge from that swampiness of burnout mm-hmm. and, um, and frustration. Yeah. And then I, when I transitioned up here, I just kept going back into the city to see private clients and, um, and trying to figure out still like how to make it viable up here. Um, but it was a little bit, as you know, a little bit, uh, it's just a little bit more, of what's the word? Um, just a little bit easier, like being in this beautiful environment yeah. and, and, you know, having more of what you need in terms of nature and, yeah. and community. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love that. It's that that's a little different where our paths are a little different because I felt like I had a lot of that movement, all the tools from dance and Pilates. I was putting all these things in the toolbox. So and my business started out with private clients. I worked a lot in the city, too. And then when I moved up here, I was teaching a lot of classes that were yoga and you didn't teach, I don't think, as much uh, in the studios as I did here. And honestly, like that's what I think started my burnout was that I felt like I was watering down everything because what I was able to do with my private clients in the city and also um, just, you know, you always had to be sort of on your game in the city because 
there's, you know, there's always somebody else out there. When I moved up here, yoga wasn't as, as, um, popular, I'll say there weren't a lot of studios. And so I had to sort of, I hate saying that, but watering it down to a certain extent and I was getting bored. And then all of a sudden it became oversaturated. You know, we went from our nomad event having sponsoring like 12 different yoga studios to 26 within four years. And it's wild. And then all of a sudden there's so much competition. And so, um, so you kind of shifted your gear up here and then kind of, what was it like? What, what was that moment where you were like, I don't, there's something else that I need to do here. Do you remember? Um, Well, there was COVID, which is more recent. That was definitely, I need to do something different. But prior to COVID, I had been thinking and feeling that for a couple of years because the going back and forth thing um, Mm -hmm. on the train, on the Metro North, I'm talking about, for those that are listening and not watching. Yeah. um, Yeah, that became, I knew just in the back of my mind, like this isn't going to be sustainable for forever. I don't really want to do this forever. Um, like schlepping back and forth. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would say like, ultimately, because this, this is just what's coming to my mind is, is COVID like, you know, was materially shifted that for me. Like I had been thinking about it and I had been um, once again, like ha- I had been sort of very vaguely ruminating about, well, maybe I'll move some things online. Maybe I'll, you know, cr- figure out how to create an online course. And I had been seeing things, you know, now that's like exploded, obviously. <laughs> But I had been seeing things prior to that, like, you know, little ads on Facebook and whatnot. Um, And then COVID happened. Yeah. And COVID, you know, like I said, materially shifted um, super, super quickly, wiped everything out. And only actually only one, maybe two private clients from New York City stayed with me and wanted to do the online Zoom sessions. Okay. I mean, I guess because people didn't know what the heck was happening. Everybody was like... Everything was so uncertain and chaotic, oh but, um, but that ended up be, being such a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And not to go completely off topic, but you just are, you're still recovering because you actually did have COVID. Yes. So yes. do you want to speak to that a little bit for, um, like, what was sure. that experience? Sure. Um it's so interesting because I have been going along, going along, you know, it started all, it all started in March and, um, uh, hadn't gotten it. And, and, and I actually traveled a little bit. I went to see my parents in Michigan in the summer and, um, and Scott and I, Scott's my partner, we have gone here and there to like a coffee shop. You know, you wear your mask to come in and you wear your mask to order at the counter, but then you sit down maybe, um, and you're in a room so, so, but I hadn't really, I was like, oh, I haven't gotten it. Like, you know, it's all good. You don't, you don't think about it until you have it. And then, and then Scott picked it up somewhere. He had a very mild case and, um, and I picked it up from him or got it from him. Uh, so anyway, it just was, um, I am overall very grateful that it was super mild, Yeah. <laughs> pretty super mild for him. It was like probably moderate to mild for me. I had some severe, um, achiness in my spine and legs and like just like heavy body joint pain and and pins and needles that um I had never really felt like when I when you get the flu so and and since then that was three weeks ago I think three and a half weeks ago and we definitely feel so much better but um but there's all these strange little things that um that I've heard people talk about that I think are kind of post-covid so just kind of lingering cough and um 
and um, like a weird, just been a weird taste in my mouth. And you didn't yeah. actually have the but, chest stuff. It sounds like, like the, like no, the I didn't have trouble breathing. Okay, which maybe I can attribute to breathing, you know, consciously, yeah. yogically, all, all <laughs> possibly. Yeah, let's like, give that a little woo woo for yoga, and, meditation, breath work, being yeah. mindful of your body. How helpful. Yeah. That pra- the practice helped you in that respect. Um, One thing that I would love to share, if you yes, don't mind, about the experience, because um, it relates to kind of what I'm coaching and, yeah. and what I'm practicing right now, this understanding. When I was like deep in it, like the first full week of um, feeling sick, I was like in a very, very low state of mind. I'm sure you can relate and people listening can relate that when you're sick, you obviously mm-hmm. like it lowers your your, your level of consciousness and puts you in this kind of lower state of mind. And I went to some really dark places, you know, like that tends to that, that mindset or that state of mind tends to just kind of snowball and get bigger and wider. And it did, it got very deep to like, and everything was up for grabs, you know, Mm -hmm. my relationship, you know, in my mind, my relationship was horrible and ending and I needed to end it. And, um, you know, my parents were going to die any minute. And we just went like to all these scary, scary places. Um, but I've been working and living with this kind of understanding for the last couple of years around like your just your thoughts being the filter through which you experience life. Mm-hmm. And so I always had this little piece in the back of my mind that was like, this isn't real. You know, this is just your thinking. It's just your level yeah. of thinking. And as my coach likes to say, the elevator is going to rise again. You know, it's just the elevator is like hanging out in the basement right now. Yeah. And once the elevator goes up six or seven floors, you're going to be able to see out the window again and the sky's going to be clear and you're going to feel better. (laughs) So it was just like to really watch the mind, watch my mind and what it was doing. And I wasn't using the tools because I felt too sick to like, I didn't want to meditate. I didn't want to do yoga. But to me, this is like um, something that I'm trying to message and get a point across to students and clients too, that like, it's not the yoga, it's not the meditation, it's not the tools. Those are really helpful. Mm-hmm. But we always, if we have that understanding and that awareness that like our thinking creates our experience and we can always kind of check in and be like, oh, this is just my belief right now. This is just yeah. kind of running the show. If I can take a step back from that, like we're always okay. In other yes. words, we're always okay. And we don't know that because our thinking is telling us otherwise. Oh my gosh, so true. Yeah, I mean that you know that that's one of my big teachings too is that it's not how many minutes you're on your yoga mat or on your meditation mat it's that integration in your life that it's being and I don't even necessarily have we talked about the word mindfulness yet? I think you and I talked a bit about that and how I'm not even using mindfulness now but just being aware. Right? Yeah. Being aware of everything, being aware of of, oh, I'm having really dark thoughts right now. Like you said, okay, that's interesting. (laughs) And I have a choice to continue down that rabbit hole or I can just watch it and stay a little bit above it. Yeah, that's so important. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, Because, you know, you had that experience with COVID, but I feel like we're all collectively having that right now, you know, being almost by the time we air this, it'll be about a year um, that we've been in, you know, somewhat lockdown mode. And I think that we all, whether we're physically sick with COVID or not, we're all having those moments of low vibration of 
when is this going to end? <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, there's another yeah. strain. Oh, the, you know, we're not sure about this vaccine if it's working. It's like, we don't really know, even though we kind of see some lights at the end of the proverb proverbial tunnel, like we don't actually know. And so it can we can really fall into those dark spaces as you, you referred to. And um, yeah, awareness is so important that we catch ourselves there. So I'm so glad you said that too about mindfulness. I've taken to using, I like the word awareness too, and and just noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Mindfulness now is sort of like been co-opted in a way, like it's this word that means, you know, something. Yeah. Else. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, I, I kind of, it, that's not a bad word, but also just the idea of mindfulness that it's so like full of your mind. It's so full of thoughts and what, you know, what you and I have both been teaching a lot of is not just mindset, but also body set being somatically aware. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's funny how like I could have another whole conversation, an endless conversation with you about this, but the whole mindset thing and like yeah. the word how we just even in our language we disconnect mind from body mind body is one thing you know yeah it's just our body so knows I mean even as I'm speaking to you I'm feeling chills through my legs because you know we all know that feeling when we hear a story that we really connect with we get the chills and it's like that's not my mind saying, oh, this is really touching me, like Amy's story is touching me. It's like my body is responding right now, right? It, it's even bypassing the thought. So uh, I, I love the word awareness too of that because we're being aware of also what's happening around, like in our physical environment too. There's an awareness with that and it's not necessarily a mind experience. So, yeah, yeah. Which, it also speaks for that shared um, experience that you have with people, like when you're really present with yeah. another person, you know, the mirror neurons or whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, brain science wise, but you're really connecting to someone's story yeah. and that sort of gives rise to your own, you know, experience or your own insight around that. Yeah. Ooh. Well, we could continue down this little road, but we also were thinking about talking about the creative process. And what, so I feel like that's a good time to try to dance around in there. So where do you want to start? Where? Ooh, good question. (laughs) (laughs) It's another kind of like endless, like conversation that we have, right? That we we started out with the yoga, being annoyed by the yoga world. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I think, well, to tie it back into the yoga world, I think that one of the things that we share in that was that there, there was maybe what we fell in love with because what you said, um, it was integrated into what you were doing before and almost enhanced your, or, or reignited the love that you had for performing to a certain extent. And for me as well, you know, with dancing, as you know, I, with my movement 109 practice, you're now a facilitator. It, you know, I was getting a bit disenchanted with the yoga world, quote unquote, but the practice was bringing me back around in this organic way to my movement in a, in a new way, a more integrated way. And I feel that same for you as well. Um, so, it was like a vehicle to drive us around and, and, and then also like to a really cool spot that we didn't quite know about yet. 
but we yeah. knew it was there, but we didn't quite know. So, yeah. um, so we don't want to say like yoga sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really just brought us there. Part of it. It's yeah. more about the, was, but then, but at the same time, it sounds like when you were talking about the business of yoga, and what I'm, I also experienced too, is that it we fell in love, out of love with that. So I'm wondering if we can maybe have a conversation today of how do we integrate the two, like our loves, whether it's yo- the practice of yoga or how it brought us to these other creative aspects within ourselves. How can we also maybe use the stuff that we don't like that we kind of have to in terms of playing the game? Um, one of yeah. my teachers, uh, you might know Bill T. Jones, he used to talk a lot about, you know, are you going to play the game? He'd always ask that when in the when I studied with him. Are you playing the game here? What and, did he mean by that? Um, in this respect of like, can you still have integrity for your art? You know, being dance in that respect. Can you still have integrity for your art and show up in a way that um, is sacred to yourself but to the art? But then also know that you're going to have to fill the seats. You're going to still have to put butts in the seats, get money to you know, put your art out there. And, you know, sometimes that means that you're going to piss the people off in the seats because you have a message that you want to say. Um, and so that's what his was more about was, you know, playing the game in that respect. Uh, but I also think too of, uh, you know, where we're, and that was 20 plump, that was like 25 years ago that he said that. So that was like yeah. pre-internet. <laughs> um, wow. even before. Yeah, it was, I was, it was early, it was mid nineties that he, sh- you know, I studied with him, but, um, but yeah, we're here in like pandemic, everything is online and that whole, like kind of what we were saying about da- dance and, and performing in musical theater is that, you know, we didn't make money then because there was always somebody else out there who could do it for free. You yeah. know, if we didn't do it for free, then somebody else who is just as good, if not better, is going to do it for free. And we sort of have created that, too, in our worlds that we're in, in terms of yoga healers um, in that respect. And so now everything that's what I experienced in the pandemic was that, OK, I had this little niche. I had my online stuff. But then all of a sudden, everybody's online. And it was just like, who's going to shout louder And I, for me, that playing the game is feeling like, how much am I giving away of myself for free? Um, So that people, first of all, just notice what I'm offering for them, Uh, but then still do it with integrity. So that's what I think playing the game has shifted. So I don't know. Yeah, there's, it's like a lot to unpack. It made me think when you were telling me about Bill T. Jones and what he what he meant, uh, my first reaction, what occurred to me was, um, you know, like, that's no different, you know, t- COVID times or not, but prior to this, like, yeah. we still had to tell yoga studios had to, you know, put butts on the mat yeah. and get students in every class and whatnot. So it was like the same thing. There's always this tension between the art or the healing practice and capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> You know, just having to survive and having to make money and having to sustain what it is you do. And um, and there's no, I think what I'm really learning is like, 
there is a lot of like, there is a lot of conversation around that now, which I really appreciate. Um, and there's a lot of collective, like just bringing it to the surface, talking about it more. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's any like collective answer or like easy answer. I think, I think it's kind of individual too, yeah. you know, unless you run an organization. Um, so my, my feeling of it is that there is, I started to really move into the mindset of, um, you know, there's room for everybody. I always felt that I always believed that. Um, and if you, and you draw the people that you draw, you know, because they're attracted to your particular, whatever language you're using, which comes out of your experience, whatever, um, you know, whatever moves you, whatever. So it's like really just kind of focusing on like, how is it that I want to serve? Um, what am I passionate about? How can I integrate, you know, those things to really speak to people, um, with love and to really help them see, um, you know, that they can, can heal or that they can, um, elevate their well-being. That's kind of my message right now. You know, well-being is always present. So yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I kind of like, (laughs) sometimes I go in all these places, but, but I think it's like, there's always that tension there. And I've, I've learned to like, accept that, it's a part of what I do. Like if I'm going to, I chose again, like what I was saying earlier, I chose that um, I'm going to stay with this line of work, but it continues to to shift and it continues to like surprise me and people continue to show up for events. um, And they show up more when I'm, um, when I'm letting myself be as creative as I can be, when I'm bringing in that, taking it back to creativity and the creative process. Now that I'm allowing myself, now that I'm not compartmentalizing and I'm allowing myself to like dream bigger, think bigger, you know, sing a song. It's like somebody just challenged me the other day. Why don't you sing? Like you're a singer. Why don't you sing in your classes? You know why? A lot of people have asked me that over the years and I've always just Again, <laughs> thinking my brain is always just separated those two things. Yeah. Or there was some fear, like I can't do that. You know, that's that's another part of me over there. Yeah. And so as I started to um, integrate those different parts of me, it's it's becoming more fun and um, and more authentic. And we'll see what happens with who shows up for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I love this idea of integration because I felt the same for myself too with the dance, you know, okay, I'm a dancer over here. I'm a yoga teacher here. Even I'm a business over owner over here, which is a, a business that's based in, you know, yoga and healing. But um, yeah, it, it, it is. It, I, what I'm realizing is I, and we, is that I'm writing my book, as you know, and yeah. it's the first time that I'm sharing everything. And there's no, I could have compartmentalized before in certain aspects, but it's like, oh my gosh, I'm sharing my whole life with people. Um, and I, I love how you're talking about the integration. And I'm wondering, maybe that's where we, t- we sit with for a minute is, um, how are you finding your way to, what does integration look like for you right now? Mm, wow, that's such a cool question it's looking like at the moment I'll try to language this or verbalize this but it's looking like I'm reminding myself when there are things that I need to do that I don't like to do or that I am resistant to like um writing a social post marketing copy (laughs) I'm gonna go into like business again here for a minute yeah that's crazy finally 
Yeah. I'm, so, and that's like, that's just all it is. Like the insight that like, this is my creative process too. And it can be fun. It gets to be fun. Yeah. I don't like, it's really all about just shifting that mindset of like, Oh, I got to go write an Instagram post to like, I'm like talking to people and I love talking to people just like I'm doing with you now. So that's part of the integration process. I think that I'm going through is just like softening that voice. That's Mm -hmm. like, this is so hard and I don't want to do this and this sucks into like, well, this is creative, you know? And, and if, and if there is a part of it that's like, I don't want to do this today. Okay, fine. Put it on the shelf and write the Instagram post tomorrow when you feel like it's going to be more fun. Yeah. Starting oh, I, to happen. <laughs> I, I love that. And you mentioned that you're um, offline. That you're participating in the artist way. You're reading the book yeah. with the group. And so has that and has that helped you with um, maybe the social posts? What does that look like? So yeah, I actually think that's what's influencing what I just said to you. Influencing yeah. this kind of new way of looking at it. Um, yeah, I'm doing the artist way journey with a friend who is facilitating the 12 weeks with a group, a small group of us. And, um, I've never gone through that book. I don't know about you. Have you, have you ever finished it? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. It's one of those books that I go to a lot that has earmarks, but I don't know mm. if I really just sat down and read cover to cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a bunch of books like that where I use as reference and I just feel like I open up a page and there's something exactly that I need in that moment. But, you know, I did the morning, I do the morning page or I have done the morning pages in the past. Uh, Yeah. yeah, And I will give a little plug. It's Julia Cameron's uh, The Artist's Way. Um, So, yeah, I, yeah, I, she has a new book out, by the way. Oh, does she? What is it? Yeah, and it's about listening, and it sounds wonderful. I, I listened to an interview with her okay. um, at the Open Center. She, someone interviewed her on an Open Center podcast, and it oh. was, you know, she, she's delightful if you've never listened to her. She's, Let's get her on the space in between. Okay. Yeah, totally. Cool. Totally. Yeah. She, yeah, that's funny because, you know, um, Jillian, who I think you've also studied with, Jillian Pransky, who's been also on our podcast, has her book is called Deep Listening. I don't know Ooh. if you read that, but yeah. Yeah, there's good. something to that. That's another kind of um, connection mm-hmm. to be made uh, between the creative process and, and yoga and movement and healing. It's like an awareness. I think that's another word too. I can substitute mm-hmm. awareness. I can substitute listening for awareness too. Like listening to me is such a, a rich word. Can you speak to that? I mean, I feel that, but yeah. can you speak to that a bit? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, can I? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, more than just listening with your ears, I guess is what I'm saying. Like listening in that embodied way, like when you're doing, um, I think that's why I love, have loved and love movement 109 with you so much is, um, that to me is a very rich form of listening to me, that whole process is listening. And and I don't mean just listening to you as the instructor, just so listening to my body and what, um, what wants to emerge, you know, it's such a, like, I love seated meditation too, but I love moving meditations like that where it's so about what really is arising. Like right now, what's emerging, like these little, get these little hits of things or you get, you know, and for me, whenever I've done that practice with you, as you know, um, I get so many downloads. That's what I love to call 
you know, like phrases or things that might, maybe it's a song lyric someday, or maybe it's just like a a message from the beyond something I need to know in that moment. Oh, I know. I love it too. It is. I, I love what, what did you just say? It's listening, not just listening to the words, but I don't know if you said it or I just felt it, but like listening with your body, it is, it's that awareness that is um, within and around us. Yeah. yeah. Listening like with your whole, your, it's your beingness. There's like something a lot. <laughs> Nobody, people probably can't see me because they're listening, but I'm doing this little. <laughs> we'll do this for the social media minute. Yeah, it is. I, I almost picture like uh, having lots of little, you know, ears or something like on your body, just like listening to all of you. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, the ane- anemones, that's what I'm doing. So I yes. Just say that those the anemones with the little yeah. tentacles and fingers. Exactly. It's like having those all over your body and like, like antenna. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and sensing what's, what's coming up, you know? Yeah. That I feel that we all need that, whether you consider yourself a creative person or not, because that's what we're sort of talking about right now is being creative. But um, and I think you and I just talked about the word, the book, big magic to Elizabeth Gilbert's work, book, big magic yeah. and how yeah. she really emphasizes that, it, you know, being creative isn't, Oh, I'm an artist, right? Oh, I create these beautiful pieces of art or write this beautiful book or dance or whatever, but it's really just being a creative person in your life. And, and also the artist's way yeah. too, is that message is there. Um, So when we're speaking to being creative right now, we're speaking to everybody. Everybody is creative. Everybody can listen with their whole being, with their tentacles and yeah, um, their little antennae all over. I have a coach that always says like, I'm not special. Like she's this amazing, like 80 year old woman. And she's, she, you know, when you, when you listen to her, I'm, I'm always just like wrapped because she's amazing. And she's like, you know, we are all, extraordinary but we're also all very ordinary like everybody's the same we all have these capabilities yes I love that yeah we're all we're all capable of this yeah we are we're all capable and I think it's all necessary for us I mean that's one of the messages from my book is 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 just that you know I'm telling my story but also as a way of empowering other people who um you know I looked at you know we're I'd like to call what these are gifts, but gifts and not like you're special and you got this gift is that we all have these gifts. It's just a matter of if we're unwrapping them or not. But for so long as a child, I thought the gifts were curses and I, mm-hmm. and I shut them away because I always, when I tapped into my intuition of, of being aware, um, of listening as we're, you know, the words that we're saying here today, um, bad things happened and so I thought, oh, this is this right. is not a good thing to be aware. So let me close this part of me off. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hoping for other people who might have that a similar story is to turn them turn the lights on, open up, see your gifts, open them up, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and what you're also speaking to is that maybe they just don't even know that they have the gifts, right? Like. Right. Extraordinary, but you're so focused on just being ordinary that you don't even realize. Right. Or you think like, I don't know, this is just coming to me, but like you think that, you know, raising a child is just ordinary, yeah. but like it's an extraordinary thing to do. You have to do it using, you know, your wits and your intuition and your, 
you know, people can teach. So that that same thing is like people write millions of books. There's millions of books about how to raise kids, but ultimately it comes down to how you, um, you know, you can read all of them, but you, you still have to do, do it. And it has to come from your own, (laughs) your own guidance, you know, your own inner guidance. Yeah. And that being that you have is also a creative being too, that you're co-creating with, right? So it's not just, let me read this book and how to raise a child is like, well, you also have to like be with this, this child of yours that. I think that was too, that was my point too, that it is creative. It's like things that we think are like very ordinary or mundane are are very creative. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I love what you said. If you don't mind, I just want to, I just heard something in what you talked about when you were a child and how it was, um, it was painful. Mm -hmm. I don't think you used that word, but it was like painful when you listened and when you opened to that sense of yourself. Yeah. Um, there's something in that that's so beautiful because it's like that, this is also something that I'm coming to learn and, and trying to understand and trying to convey that like that itself is a gift because you didn't have the protective coping mechanisms, the conscious coping mechanisms yeah. that you have as an adult. So your guidance, your guidance, like little Phoebe's guidance system was like, Oh no, I gotta, I gotta shut that down. Cause that's yeah. like that in a, in a way is a gift too. It protect is like a sort form of protection. I, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Well, I'll share a little with you. Um, and I, I think I might've shared it with you personally, but you know, just recently I was talking to my teacher, um, about a hard time that I was having. And when I can't remember the exact moment, but what, what she was sharing with me, all of a sudden I saw this little version of me and it, and there was this big version of me, my present me, um, walking around her, but with my back to her kind of like with this like torch, like, you know, protecting all of the, the bad stuff. And, and that's what I just kind of revisited when you said that. And what I had come to realize was that, yes, I was protecting her, but really all she, she, she needed was for me to turn into her because even the back to her was a back to her. And even though my back to her was to protect the, from the outer experiences, um, she didn't feel, she still felt neglected. So the past several months since my, since I had that experience in my, um, with my teacher, I've been really turning towards her and letting her know, you know, this is a gift. These are gifts. Um, you are a gift, you know, just you being able to be aware at that young age, that was a gift. And now I'm here and I'm, I am protecting you. So, um, yeah, that's so powerful. I'm getting teary. (laughs) So powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would love for everyone to know that for themselves, you know, because I think we all have been in a situation where we felt like nobody else was protecting us. And we had to, like you said, use those coping skills to defend ourselves in some way. Um, yeah. And that's where the Either awareness comes in. Or they weren't listening or they didn't understand. You know, there's lots of ways that we think we're all alone, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, to bring it back to the where we are today in the pandemic, I'm hoping at least I have felt this and I think that you have, too, because we've had this conversation. But anybody out there listening, I really hope that we have come to realize in this past year that we're not alone. You know, we always have this feeling of, oh, I was so alone. I'm so alone. But um, and if anybody's out there and they still feel that, send us a message. (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll write back. We'll write back and say we're not. You're not alone because uh, that that was one. Th- that is one plus. I will say for me in the pandemic was that even though living physically alone, I'm here physically alone. I have I've have felt that I could reach out to you and you know so many other people in my you know my circle and um, yeah. know that we're all in it together. You know. So, yeah. And there's this collective or shared experience, like everybody is going through this at the same time, which I don't think has happened, you know, too often in our country or our culture. Like there've been big moments in history, you know, like 9-11, but um, usually it's your own personal like losses and griefs. And Mm -hmm. now everybody is in this shared experience of illness and grief and losing people and um, concern and worry. And there's, there's also a gift in that. Yeah, there is. And and I think that it's quite unique, too, because we're experiencing this right now um, globally and knowing that it's happening globally. Right. So 100 years ago, when we had the pandemic, we knew to a certain extent because there was also a war going on. It was towards the end of the war. And that's actually how it came to the United States, because it was from Europe and they brought it. The soldiers brought it over. Um, but we didn't necessarily might know that it was in, it started in Asia or whatever, like how it started here, right? We know because we're all online. We didn't have that before, right? right. So right. everything is so instant. We're knowing. We're all being affected in some way. So that I think it's, it's even more unique uh, now to experience it globally. Um, but anyways, that's a little... That's a little... I don't know. Off the beaten path. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So um, I want to continue having this conversation with you. Well, we always do offline, but maybe we'll have to have you back and have more conversation on this. Part deux. Part deux, yes. Um, But is there anything else that you want to share with us here today or or chat about? Because I know I want to respect your time. So I'm going to start to wind us down a bit um just that well I love having these conversations so just sharing with with you know other people if you can find your people like you're you're my people you know I I have you and there's a couple of other friends that like I have these wonderful nourishing conversations with that go in all these different directions and we get to kind of like feel out you know what's um like what we feel and what, what our philosophies are and what, where we're going in our lives. And I just love that. Like that, like you were talking about earlier, really connecting with people and not feeling alone. That's helped me not feel alone during this time and feel enriched. Um, and like, because we're all stuck in our homes again, I'll just bring it back to the gift. There is kind of a gift in that. And like, it makes me sit still. I was running physically running around so much before this all happened. And it, like I said, it was not sustainable and I didn't want to be doing it. And I'm now like my butt's on the couch every day. <laughs> I'm running a lot of zoom calls and that's, that's its own you know thing. But, um, but I'm loving also that it's like, I get to really sit and be present um, with my friends because I don't have to run around so much <laughs> physically anymore. Yeah. Oh, I will just go and look if you haven't already. I just wrote almost exactly that same thing on my in the Facebook group today. And it face, um, Nomad and Beyond uh, with the uh, Radiant Sutras, you know, the one that I shared today was, you know, the last line is 
being at home everywhere. And I really mm-hmm. took that as, you know, before of being at home everywhere. I could travel because, you know, I love to travel. Oh, I could travel and I can be at home everywhere. But yeah, it's this idea of also being at home everywhere within yourself. You know, yeah. Being still is probably the hardest place to be at home. Um, so that's I, a, you just brought it full circle to nomad because nomad at home. We're always at home. <laughs> Wherever you are, you're at home. Exactly. So thank you for that little nugget. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for inviting me to do this with you. Yeah. It's always such a joy. So, um, where can people find you? Yes, you can find me on amysusi.com uh, or Resonant Heart Yoga. That's a mouthful, so you can just go to amysusi.com. <laughs> it's the same site. <laughs> I switched it. Um, or, uh, yeah, or on, on, on the socials to amysusi, um, Resonant Heart Yoga. And I have a group on Facebook that I'd love to share if, if it's for women. Um, it's called Unshakable Wellbeing. So if you search Unshakable Wellbeing, it's a private Facebook group. And I am, um, I'm experimenting with it, but it's lots of, you know, conversations around like what we're talking about, the creative process, um, up-leveling our wellbeing as women, um, and well-being like in every area of your life, yeah. you know, learning to see and feel and listen um, and like live a richer, more joyful life like bring these understandings to your relationships to your family to your work life um so we explore that in the facebook group with in all kinds of ways including some yoga some meditation some creative activities so find me there cool and we'll make sure that there are links in our show notes too so they can just click on it okay cool cool. oh thank you so much amy you know that i i love I love you as a human being and as a friend and all that you bring to this world. And, um, yeah, I'm very, I feel very fortunate to have you in my life. Thank you. And now I get to share you with the world and nomad land. Yeah. I love yes. being part of this community. Thank you so much. You're I wish welcome. I could give you a big hug. So yes, I'll just we'll just hug it. ourselves. And we're collaborating. We don't have much information at this moment, but we're collaborating. We're leading a retreat together, hopefully by the end of this year. Um, They can definitely go and find out more at Nomad's website soon. We're going to have a little meeting around that. And you're also one of our Nomad members too, so they can come meet you at our events. We're going to have you co-host an event soon, I'm sure. So yeah, you're there. All right. Yeah. Cool. Early November. Mark your calendars. If yes. You're Come Early to Mexico November. with us. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Amy. Right. Thank you. Bye, Phoebe. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our time with Amy. I always have a great time having a conversation with Amy. And now we got to record it and share it with you all. So that was cool. I hope you really had a good time with us. And, you know, Amy is hanging out over in Nomadland all the time. As we said before, we're going to be doing a retreat together in November in Mexico. Details are coming out, hopefully, maybe even by the time that you're listening to this. You can go over to Nomad's website, Nomad Always at Home, and see if we have posted more details by then. Uh, yeah, and she's part of our community. She's a Movement 109 facilitator. She's a community member. So you can come hang out with us over at our 
our membership gatherings that we do every month and meet her, meet me, and we'd love to hang out with you. So go check it out, nomadalwaysathome.com. We will see you there.